Nothing? No. Damn, bro. You're slacking. I've been doing too. I've been doing a lot of hockey. You betting hockey? Hockey parlays. Bro, you betting the NHL? Yeah. It's dangerous, man. No, it's actually awesome. Really? You're gonna have to tell us more about it. Oh, we started? Yep. They say, yep. oh my god, I see the way you shine. Take your hand, my dear, and place them both in mine. You know you stopped me dead while I was passing by. And now I beg to see you dance just one more time. Ooh, I see you, see you, see you every time. And on my eye, I, I, I like your style. Ooh, you make me, make me, make me wanna try. And now I beg to see you dance just one more time. So they say, dance for me. What is up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Are you surprised to see us? Surprise show. Everybody thought we were dead, Nick. People keep asking what's going on. I said, listen, here's the deal. And I just want to put this out there as we get started. I said, listen, here's the deal. Because I had someone else, and I'll let them remain nameless, ask me to help them set up a podcast for another topic. And I said, listen, here's the deal. When life comes around and things come in and we can't get things going on a weekly basis, then you can't do a sports podcast, right? Because you can do other topics, right? You can do a million other topics in a podcast that will withstand the test of time, but sports are so relevant current event, right? You have to talk about what just happened or what's going to happen. And if you can't have a weekly cadence, you can't do it, right? Yeah, that's so, what we ran into. So we got into a spot where we couldn't, but we're back and we're going to get back into it. So we're happy to be back. It's much more difficult with a kid. That, that's true. Involved. That's very true. Which I'm learning. So, yeah, but we're happy to be back today. We have a lot of stuff to talk to talk about, get into that uh I know we it's we haven't been around for most of the NFL season, but we're back. We got hopefully of, we can get something going on a weekly basis. Yeah, we got a lot of catching up to do for NFL. Murph just chimed in. Uh you're supposed to be watching Michigan Ohio State. Nick, are we not watching Michigan Ohio State right literally here? Right. Jack's got the <laughs> studio set up. This is like we're literally watching it right now. We're watching Ohio State on the 34 as Michigan is up six nothing here with 9:13 the first quarter. We're on top of it, bro. On Don't you worry. It's the 34. Thir that's why I said, right? 34. The 34. 34. Yeah. The 34. So pretty, pretty impressive setup, actually. Oh, this thanks, is like buddy. all new to me. I haven't been up here for yeah. a while. Yeah, you haven't been up here for a minute. Oh, Ohio State's about to score a touchdown. Up, oh, down to the five. Yeah. So. Nice new setup here so we can watch as we podcast, which is one of the important things about today because we're going to talk about college football and what we have going on. We've got two conference championship games going – or sorry, not conference championship games, the end of the season games going on here um, for a couple of the power conferences. One of them we're going to talk about if it's actually a power conference or not, but we'll get there. Um, hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Um you know, these football games on Thanksgiving, I wanted to start with because we missed a lot of the NFL season, but we had three football games on Thanksgiving, and I want to start in order of the games, and I think we may have talked about this last year, but the first game was the Bears at the Lions, and the Lions are a Thanksgiving tradition, but Nick, is it time to pull the Lions off of Thanksgiving, man? You can't. You can't pull the Lions off Thanksgiving. You There's can't. No, no, you can't. You can't do it. It's that's it, that's why it's there. It is tradition. They're known for sucking. It's they always make them the early game. So they're you kind of you're still you're still doing some stuff. You're like maybe out running errands, checking in on the game every I once in a while. See. It's like not 
an important game that you have to sit down and watch. So you think so have- it's it's like background noise almost <laughs> that, that you're just running in the background. All right. So the thing of it is, if they had Stafford, it might have been a you know it might have been more exciting to watch them now that they have like the backups back up in there. It's not an exciting game to watch anymore because they, I don't know. The bears have always been a boring team to me too. Bears are always boring. Cause the bears are a defensive staple team, right? Like yeah, they're always it's, staple. It's, it's always defense. It's, it's not even fun defense though. No, like it, it, it used to be in the last few years with Khalil Mack and watching him do what he does. But I don't know. He hasn't really been around that much. I feel like I haven't heard his name as much this year. What about, what about the Erlacher defensive team when they made the Super Bowl that year? Did you enjoy watching that team? No, any, any defensive team you're not going to like really zone in on. But there's so many more teams that are not even as good as the Bears are that are more exciting just because they have some offensive firepower. True. So let's talk about each team individually because the Bears are an interesting discussion. So Nick already alluded to the fact that Stafford's out. So that's true. The Lions may have been more exciting for this game. But overall, the Lions stink, and they always will stink, okay? We talked about this with baseball teams, right, where you, if you name – if you have to give me, like, a list of MLB teams, and I'll pick four of them out that will always stink, like the Padres uh, – I, I forget it because I'm not in baseball mode, but I could go back through, right? Teams that will always stink. The Marlins, th- literally, they'll always stink. The Lions will always stink, no matter what. They're, they'll just always stink. Stafford may throw for 5,500 yards, but it won't matter. They'll just always stink. The best lower finish is 7-9 and nine or 8-8, eight and eight, and they're always just going to be that team, right? Well, Am I wrong? I, I don't know. Here's, the, here's one thing about them is they're, they're kind of in a, in a purgatory situation, right? Because they did draft a quarterback that will every once in a while show himself to be a franchise player, but he's never gotten over that hump. Right. You know, they, they haven't been able to put the rest of the pieces together. So he kind of disguises as a franchise quarterback. So th- there's games where you watch him and you're like, man, he can lead a team to the Super Bowl. But they, they never piece it together for a full season. It's always like bits and pieces. He does play hurt, which is a, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, it's one of the – I think it's one of his, uh, his traits, you know, that he's known for is now that he, he plays hurt and he plays through a lot of pain. But now with the you can't play with a broken back. So Right. But that, that's the thing, and I think a lot of teams have gotten into that, and we're seeing that with, I mean, now Trubisky is showing his true self that he's not, he may not be a franchise quarterback. I don't know what your take is on that, but... Yes, I do want to talk about the Bears. So I agree with everything you said about Stafford and the Lions, and I totally agree, and that's sort of the weird, like, that's the weird pantheon with this team. They're always kind of going to be stuck. Purgatory is a good word. Stafford's not a guy that you get rid of. I mean, we talked about it earlier this year. He's the highest paid quarterback in the league, right? Because he signed that big deal. And when you go down the list of guys with 5,000 passing yards in a single season, like I've got it right here, Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, like literally Stafford threw for 5,000 yards in a season. So, you know, he's not a bad quarterback, but they're never going to win anything. They're, they just, they're never going to win anything with him. And that was back in 2011. But Here he, we are. He's also, he's also not a guy that you just throw in the scrap. Exactly. Because he's got all the arm talent in the world. He's a really good leader. If you've ever watched any of these mic'd up shows and watched him, you know, interact with, with his teammates, he's a good, he's a good leader. Um, and he's got the talent. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a, from a defensive side of things. They have the corners to do it. They have that a, team always seems to have talent, right? I mean, they yeah. always seem to have talent, but yet for some reason they can never get good. Essentially, I, I, for lack of a better word, they can never get good. They may have won like nine and seven or ten and six season in there, 
but they're like the Browns of the NFC. Well, they, they, they also continue to bring in these defensive coaches, which I think is a, a weird strategy. That's I, true. I, and maybe, maybe I'm not remembering some coaches that are thrown in the mix because there's been, there's been quite a few of them, but now the um, – Bring in what's his name, Beardo. Yes, the Patriots ex. Uh, his name's escaping me right now Matt, too. But Matt Patricia. That Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah, Beardo. That's yeah, but like they keep bringing in these <laughs> deep, yeah, deep defensive head coaches to pair up with Stafford, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. I don't know what their offensive I think, coordinator situation is. I think the philosophy is, but... there is always okay. The offense will sort of run itself because Stafford will throw for a million yards, and we need to get the defense better to compete. But it just never happens, right? So. You got the Lions, and then on the other side, Nick brought up the Bears. The Bears are actually in a really, really bad spot, and I'll tell you why. So right off the rip, Nick alluded to it, Trubisky is a stiff, right? I mean, it's clear Trubisky is not going to be an NFL quarterback, at least for the Bears. They're moving on, and with him, there's a couple things they did. So first, remember, to get Trubisky, the Bears traded up one slot with the Niners, right? to jump one slot in the draft to get Trubisky, and they gave up a little bit of their assets. Also, the name that you mentioned, Khalil Mack, they gave up a lot of their assets to the Raiders to bring in Khalil Mack. So the Bears are sort of this ship without rudders now, just kind of floating along because they don't have a lot of draft assets left for the next couple of years. Their team is who they are, and they're like, Trubisky's going to be out. Who's going to play quarterback? They're in a really tough spot, and they're not any good either. So and they're not going to get good either with these guys. So I don't know your take on that, but the Bears are in a really bad spot. My take on it is: last year we saw them win the division. They looked like a good team. I know they got rid of a few players uh, on the offensive side of things, but so you know the the NFL changes so much from year to year. I'm not necessarily going to say that they're done for the the next couple of years. I can't blame them for the Khalil Mack trade. I think anybody would have made that trade, right? I'm not, and not yeah, and and I should clarify. I didn't say it was a bad move getting Cleo Mack, but what's happened with the assets are gone, right? What's happened with the pairing of going to get Trubisky and him failing, and now giving up the assets for him and the assets for Cleo Mack is they can't really replenish now, right. right? Like they're sort of stuck here with what they have, and what they have is not going to get the job done. Clearly, yeah, I think giving up Howard, I think that hurt him a lot. Uh, I know that there was there were some receivers in there that they who, who else was on their team? Was it? Um, forget who it was was it Hearns or somebody like that that they gave up uh well they had there was a couple wide receivers that they're that that are not there anymore I mean they had, of course they had Alshon three years ago before the Eagles got him yeah but they they just lost the, their offensive firepower or at least I don't want to call it firepower but the, the defense kind of dragged them along last year to the division win uh, and they were and, hoping that Trubisky the, would develop right they, be, they did win that division last year right yeah it wasn't it wasn't the no Vikings. um it might have been the Vikings might have been the Packers no, it was because they both made the, There was two in the playoffs. Two in the playoffs. I don't the, think the Packers made it last year. Uh, we can just check it real quick, but yeah. uh, keep going. Yeah, but the, the thing of it is, like, you can build a defense around Khalil Mack. You can, you can develop that defense. Now, you just have to see uh, – the difference is this year, Nagy, like, he's, he's obviously not the coach. Well, he was the coach wow. of the year last year, too, right? <laughs> Bears went 12-4 and four last year. Yeah, it's, time, un- it's unbelievable. Division. Yeah. It's unbelievable what uh-huh. they did with that defense. But then their, their offense didn't look terrible. No, it didn't. And Trubisky was running around a little bit, so he was making some plays, but it looks like everybody's caught on to the fact that he can't go downfield. Wow, look at this division. Let, look, and I said the Packers. The Packers were 6-9-1 and one last year. Lions stink as usual, 6-10. and 10. The Vikings were 8-7-1, and one, and the Bears were 12-4. and four. 
Yeah. That was last season. Yeah, and now the Bears are going to finish probably 6-10. and 10. They were a total powerhouse. They were kind of like the 49ers are this year. Yeah. Kind of came yeah. out of – Came out of nowhere. They were a team that we were looking at. You know, maybe in the future there'll be something, but mm-hmm. they they kind of jumped on it pretty quickly, just like the 49ers have. And they're going to be this cautionary tale that we always talk about. What's up, Ronnie? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for hopping in. Uh, this is going to be this cautionary tale that we always talk about. When you miss on a quarterback, right, your franchise is set back, especially if you give up assets to go get that quarterback. So you mentioned this, and this is the kind of, you know, around the area, everybody's kind of worried about this with Carson Wentz. It, are, do we have the same situation? And, you know, I was starting to feel that way watching their past game. And, and, but, but after reading more and going through Twitter and seeing the breakdowns of some, some of the people put on Twitter, I feel better about it because they're pointing out the deficiencies at the wide receiver position and, and all the receiving positions, tight end and everything. So uh, or, Orlovsky did a, a nice breakdown. I don't know if you saw I it. like Dan Orlovsky, oh, by but, the way, as an analyst. But he did a breakdown of – why some of these passes were dropped or missed or picked off. And he, he really broke it down to tell you, this is what the wide receiver should be doing at this point. This is what he's not doing. This is why the, the throw is off. And it, it, it comforted me a little bit, yes. to be honest with you. Wow, because, so- because now, now, one thing I will say is he has held the ball way too long. Yes. So you said a lot there, and I, I, I want to get in. I like it all. And I want to throw it out to the, everybody in the chat. Please give us your opinion on Carson Wentz right now. We know the city of Philadelphia is sort of in a state of shock right now with the way the Eagles season has gone. We sort of got a gift on Thanksgiving from the Cowboys and the Bills, which Big we're going to talk about as well. But, yeah, I agree with everything that you said, Nick. I don't put everything on Carson Wentz. I never try not to put everything on a quarterback who has the requisite talents there. So when there's a comparison here to be made, we were just talking about Trubisky, right? I put a lot of the Bears' struggles on Trubisky because – I have watched his inability to stretch the field and make NFL caliber throws. And we know from watching Carson Wentz that he has that ability. Then you start to look at the other things. Is he throwing the ball on time? Is he holding the ball too much? Is he only throwing two receivers that are already open? Those sort of things, right? And I don't see that from Wentz. And by the way, his numbers are still say that he's a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the league this year, right? We want more. We expect more in this city from Carson Wentz, but I don't think we're in a situation like the Bears where we gave up a ton of assets for a quarterback who's not going to pan out. What's the problem that this city has with Carson Wentz? I want to pose that question to you. Why does this city constantly bag on Carson right now? What do you, what do you think the reason is? Well, I see a lot of quote-unquote missed throws. So there's balls that are not in position for the, the receiver to catch it, but once, once you watch those breakdowns, you can tell that the receiver was supposed to be in one place. Well, he actually ran another half yard down the field, or he actually cut a route short, or he didn't get off the line. So these are all timing plays, especially when you have basically replacement players for guys that were supposed to be there, like Deshaun and Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Howard. There's, there's a lot of guys and now Nelson that Aguilar are on and Nelson Aguilar. So there's a lot of guys that are just fill-in guys, and we've obviously seen the struggles of, guys like Mac Hollins and Nelson Aguilar, you know, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. But these timing, these timing issues, that's the biggest thing. So I think when you when you miss a play that you that that could have been a big it could have been a big play, could have been a game breaking play, and you're missing them by inches, that's what drives everybody crazy. It's the old Donovan McNabb thing when when the, the receiver would be open, now he would throw the ball into the dirt. That's one thing. Right. 
You know, I, I haven't seen a lot a lot of that from Carson. The two the two screen passes or, or the flat passes that, that he missed. Um, that he let sail. Oh man. Yeah. Those were brutal. I know. Those were brutal. Yes. I, I was really I was really kind of those are, by those, those, are, those type of throws. But. Those are tough passes to miss because tri- those are passes Trubisky makes, right? Like those sort of passes end up getting you. But I, I chalk that up with him to him being excitable, right? Like he he's he sees the play develop and then he just he flicks it too far and 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 he, he just misses that. Well, yeah, and between between the between series, we saw Russell Wilson do the same thing. Exactly, and Russell Wilson's an MVP candidate. And I mean, I could talk all day. You, you guys know how much I love Russell Wilson. So, uh, well, Ronnie chimes in, of course, and it's a team effort. But Ronnie actually hit the guy that I wanted to bring up. So here's the problem with this city right now at the quarterback position. He's going to constantly be compared to Nick Foles because Nick Foles was able to win that Super Bowl. And the one thing that Nick Foles did that Wentz isn't doing right now is a combination. Nick Foles was very good on third down, and he got rid of the ball quickly, right? And those are the two things where Wentz is really struggling. Now, getting rid of the ball quickly is also a combination effort of everything that Nick just talked about. Timing, right? If your timing's not there on a third down play, it's going to lead to Carson having to hold the ball longer because a route didn't develop or isn't there or, or the receiver's not where he should be. And so everything's out of whack. But when you're all you see on your screen is the quarterback back there, like going to his second and third reads and bopping around, it looks like it's his fault. That may not necessarily be the case, but the, this city is so split because of Nick Foles, because we saw Nick Foles strive or thrive in situations like that in third down, getting rid of the ball quickly but that was a different team. That was a different team. I don't I, personally, and I don't know how Prop feels about this. I do not see or would not see Nick Foles having any more success with this team right now as constituted than Carson Wentz's. Well, do you think the Jaguars are going somewhere with Nick Foles? Do you think that the Jaguars signed up? You know, I, they paid him the money, yeah, right? They sure did. And it, that sure was, did. it kind of felt like a desperation move. I think what you saw a couple of years ago was good coaching. I think they. Very good coaching. I think they eliminated the amount of decision-making that Nick Foles needed to do. So it was, it was quick reads. Like, you, you know, they, they eliminated the, the amount of decisions that he needed to make. So by doing that, you kind of take a lot of the, the – um, what am I looking for here? You, you take a lot of the onus off of Foles himself. Totally it's, agree. It's, totally so agree. With Carson, I think they just let him yes. make his reads – kind of make plays happen. He's yep. a playmaker. He's because much he's more so a playmaker talented. than Foles. Absolutely. So that, that's really the difference. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So from there, let's jump over to what we were talking about. So the second game on Thanksgiving was the Bills at the Cowboys, and the Eagles just got gift-wrapped Thanksgiving dinner before it was even served, right? The Bills beat up on the Cowboys, really. I mean, they, they beat up on them. And so Dallas loses at home to drop the 6-6. Six and six. And another one of guys that are going to be tied at the hit for their entire career, not only because they're in the same division and play the same position, but because they were in the same draft class is Dak Prescott. Right. And it, what's funny to me about Dak Prescott is it seems to go from week to week with him, right? Like one week he is the next Tom Brady and then the next week he's awful. Right. So of course the media is going to be reactionary and it's the Cowboys. And so you have a lot more coverage there and a lot more to talk about and Stephen a and his antics about the Cowboys. Right. So it's overblown, but again, they're always going to be tied at the hip. And, and for me, I still, to this day, if you had to put 
two of them in front of me and say, which one are you taking to run your team for the next 10 years? I'm still taking Carson. Has your opinion changed on that? Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one. That's a really tough one for me because I do. I think, I think Dax, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a, a good leader. Um, I think he's a great leader. I think mean, he's a great see, quarterback. I don't see any problem with him. Uh, you know, I do look at that team, though, and when you take a look at the schedule, the schedule, I always look at, you know, what's your signature wins? And I don't know that they have one. They don't. They you know, don't. And, and if you, you're right. If you look at their schedule, so the way the schedules have panned out, if the, the Eagles should beat the Dolphins this Sunday, right? They're 10-point favorites. So that would leave both teams at 6-6. Six and six. And if you look at the way the schedules are, the Cowboys and Eagles kind of have flop schedules. The Cowboys' tough end of the schedule was the second half of the season, and the Eagles was the first. So in that regard, you're right. The Cowboys don't have a signature win. Now, I always say you only can play who's on your schedule, right? So No, I agree. But, but, that, but the, at this point, if I look at the Cowboys' schedule, that team should be 8-4 and four, at least when I look at that schedule and they're only six and six and that's a big swing given who they still have yet to play. So I agree with you. The cow, I mean, I think the NFC East stinks. The giants and the Redskins are dreck, right? And the Eagles and Cowboys are just completely average. I think both teams, both teams being the Eagles and the Cowboys have the talent to beat good teams. I do. And I know I kind of like, I, I wavered a little bit. I would still probably take Carson Wentz from a talent perspective. But the upside, right? But I think that Dak on that on that team is a much better fit. Like he fits in well with the talent around him, right? Sure. So that brings us to coaching, right? So there's been a lot of of back and forth of whether or not Garrett should be fired. I've said it for a million years. Yes, I think you he, have. He should have been fired. <laughs> but but can you fire a guy who's got his team in first place in? Even if it's a crappy division, sure. they're in first place. Can you fire a guy who has his team in first place? I mean, did they win the division last year or did the Eagles win it? It was close, right? I can't remember for whatever reason. The Let's Cowboys see. won it. The Cowboys won it, right? Yeah. yeah. What did they go last year? 10-6? and six? Let's find out. Oh, no. Whoops. 9-7. and 9-7? and seven? I think so. No, the Cowboys went 10-6 and six and the Eagles went 9-7. and seven. The Cowboys won the division last year. Yeah. So... But you're right. I mean, with Garrett, it's it's another thing like that. It's week to week, right? When the Cowboys win, it's oh Garrett, Garrett's our guy. We got a Super Bowl. And then when they lose, it's oh Garrett's got to go. He's Jerry Jones's puppet. The whole nine yards. I just don't think that they're gonna fire him mid season now. I don't. I mean, here's the deal: is there really a reason to, like you said, do you fire a guy who's leading the division? What good does that do for that team? If you fire him, is that going to propel them to the Super Bowl? The only thing that I think you have to look at is, is the team is are the guys on the team out on him? You know what I mean? Right. So we've seen this a lot recently in hockey, where the uh, the Maple Leafs fire Mike Babcock, yeah, well, and all of a sudden they turn things around. They go right, on this streak. Right. And it's really just okay. These guys don't want to play for this dude anymore. Yes. They're sick of hearing him. They're you know right. The message has gone sour. Right. And you do see that a lot in hockey, which is why yeah. that's a, such a, a coach you're, turnover sport. You're playing right? every night. Like you can you can have that. You oh. can. Ha I don't know if it, it fits the same in football, right? Where it's a, on a week to week basis, and you can just bring in somebody brand new and implement a new quote unquote system. I mean, if they're running this system you can't reinstall a new offense no not in week 13 or 14 right. of the nfl season so right? that's why i happen. don't think he's going anywhere no. so there's no reason to get rid of him mid-season 
I don't even know if they do in the offseason. I mean, I think Jerry I Jones think is do. pretty happy they, with him. Well, the, obviously, you're going to have to wait to see the results. But I don't. Right. I think if they if they don't win a playoff game or two this year, I think he's definitely gone. I well, mean, there's I don't only think there's any question about it. I think it's clear there's only one team from the NFC East going to make the playoffs because when you look at the NFC, right, you've got I mean, an NFC standings. The Saints are ten and two. Uh, I can pull them up real quick, but there there's no way that both the Eagles and or Cowboys can make the wild card given where the records sit in the NFC right now. No. The only only one team's making it, and it's the team pretty much that wins that game on December 22nd in Philly, I think is what it's going to come down to. No, given that you have a 9-2 and two Seahawks team that are in second place. Exactly, in their division, division, right. And the Vikings as well, right? The Vikings, the Vikings are, are also 8-3. Are eight and three, and they're in second in their division. So there's no wild card possibility for either one of these no, teams. No, you need to win the division. And you're right, they gave us a gift. I mean, uh, what honestly, they, they, they gave us a gift on Thursday. And hopefully we can take advantage of it, turn some things around. And hopefully that schedule thing works out in our favor. Exactly. But, um, yeah, that was a huge game for us moving forward. So looking at the other side of that, I wanted to bring up the Bills because that was a pretty big win for the Bills, right? Going to Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving and getting a win. And that actually puts the nine Bills and three. at 9 and 3. That's that's unreal. It's unreal. And so I had to look more into the Bills, right? Obviously the Eagles went to Buffalo and spanked them. So and we don't think the Eagles are playing that great at the moment. So I'm thinking back and looking at their schedule, okay, is this a fake team? But when I look at the AFC, I think, again, same as last year, the AFC uh, is a little more top-heavy than the NFC. I think the NFC has got more complete teams top to bottom. But at the top of the AFC, you still have the Pats, Ravens, and Chiefs. And they're going to be your your three stalwarts going into the postseason. But then right underneath there is the Bills. And are, are the Bills any kind of threat? No, this is another schedule situation. Okay, okay? so you when you take, go back and take a look at it, week one, a one-point win over the Jets, right? Okay, division team. Uh. A win over the Giants. Bad team. A, a win over the Bengals. Bad team. Awful team. Awful. And team. you talk about perennial awful teams. Bengals. I put them I put them ahead of do you put them ahead of the Redskins as perennial awful no, teams? No, I no, because the the Bengals actually over the course of the last like five years, like made the playoffs twice and like they had a little bit of success, so I would put them prototypical purgatory situation. Yes, I would put them in purgatory, when Andy, but right above when Andy, awful. When Andy Dalton was supposed to be a good player, yes, that was that was yes. the, the prototypical. And they had AJ Green, purgatory. yeah, yeah. Well, now they're they're awful. They're I actually awful. put them ahead of the Redskins, but that's a different conversation. Okay. All right, let's go back. Bengals lost to the Patriots. Patriots are obviously the Patriots. Touchdown win over the Titans. The Jekyll and Hyde Titans. Jekyll and Hyde Titans, but still record-wise, a decent win. I think the Titans are six, 500 or close to it. it. They're not a good team. They're, they're not a good team. They're not a bad team either. A win over the Dolphins. Drek. Awful. Where do you put them in the pantheon of awful teams? Dolphins are the worst team in the league, I think. Like, uh, see, dude, I think they're right up there with the Bengals, to be honest with you. But, all right, loss to the Eagles. Uh, win over the Redskins. Drek. Loss to the Browns. Browns stink. Another win over the Dolphins. Dolphins stink. Win over the Broncos. Broncos are decent. Like they're, they're, that's literally the the last. That's their, that's their schedule. Yeah, and then they beat, they the, beat Cowboys. the Cowboys. That's their win right there. But the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are six and six. So I mean, the Cowboys are you know nothing to write home about. So I win in Dallas on Thanksgiving is impressive. I but. totally, I totally don't buy them. And and l- listen, they're going to be exposed next week. Um, they're playing the Ravens. They're going to get destroyed. Yeah, they, by the so Ravens. so they have they have to play the Ravens, and they still have the Patriots again, right? Yeah, they have the Steelers, Patriots. And the Jets to close it out. 
Yeah, so they're going to get crushed by the Ravens. The Steelers They'll, are going to need that game to make the playoffs. They too, will get so that's going to be an important game. They will game. get beat by the Ohio Steelers. Ohio State just got a big touchdown. They're going to be up 14-6. I saw that Clemson's up 14 nothing. That's going to be a freaking route. Um, sorry, just breaking concentration. No, no there. problem. Yeah, so when I look, and, but I don't and, buy. I so, don't buy. Okay, so let me. Their defensive stats though for the Bills, they're third in yards per game, third in points per game, fourteenth against the rush, third against the pass. That's, that's not, all just a product. Of yeah, the that's not. They played. That, you could be right. That's not hard to gain a lot of yards against the. Nice Dolphins. playing the Dolphins twice. Right? It is. And, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, you're the Jets, and, and the, the Jets, and the Jets, and you have the Bengals on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But if they finish, so here, all right, let, here's the bottom line with the Bills. If they finish fourth in the AFC, which is possible, because when you look at the rest of the teams, you get, it goes Bills and then Raiders, and then the sixth slot's going to be open. The Steelers are hanging in there right now. Like, there's going to be some openings for AFC playoff spots here. So could the Bills, getting a four seed, win a home playoff game in the first round? No. You don't think so? No. What if it's, so it could be like Bills Steelers or like Bills Raiders. No. Could be Bills Raiders. I don't. I, I the buy Raiders the, going to Buffalo. And yeah, the because Bills. the Raiders have some decent wins. I feel like the Raiders. The Raiders actually do have some decent wins. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'll take a look at it. But I. I don't. I would take the Raiders over the Bills. In Buffalo, in December, I think maybe I still take the Bills. Yes. I'd be interested to see what Vegas thought about that game. I would too. All right, so the they last... did just get crushed by the Jets. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders lost by the Jets like 30 in New York. They beat the Chargers, the Lions. The Chargers stink this year, by the way. Talk about disappointing teams. They Chargers have, are they right don't... up there. They beat the Colts. That's a nice win. Colts are decent. That's about all I got. That's about all I got. They held... No, that's pretty soon. They got spanked by the Chiefs. They still have to play the Chiefs again. They're the AFC... They're, the they're AFC like 10-point dogs is... to the Chiefs right now. The AFC's bad. The AFC's bad. Uh, outside of the Chiefs... The Ravens and the Pats. I mean, literally, your next two best teams are the Raiders and the Bills, and it shows you the respect that they have for the Raiders. They're ten point dogs to the Chiefs this week, and they're the like fifth best team in the AFC. So, yeah, the AFC outside of the top is Drek. I think it would actually be a good game. I would like to see that game because I think they're two exciting teams. I do like the Raiders team. I do like the. I like. I like Josh Allen running around making plays. I don't necessarily think he's great, but they're more exciting teams to watch. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think. For the AFC playoffs to be any good, if the Chiefs get the three seed, which is probably going to happen because of the Ravens and Patriots records, then they're going to kill whoever the six seed is in KC. So I think the Raiders at the Bills is actually kind of an exciting playoff game to watch because either team could win that. That could be a pick'em game. It could be an exciting game. Yeah. All right. So the last game on Thanksgiving we wanted to touch on real quick was Saints at Falcons. Um, Falcons are a dumpster fire again. Uh, I mean, their coach has got to be fired after this season. They're terrible. Uh, and the Saints, the Falcons, you, it's another Jekyll Hyde thing, man. It's like the, it's like the Titans because they've shown signs this year. I mean, the Falcons, so, the Fal- there's no, to me, there's no excuse for I the Falcons. There's w- no excuse. What they do is they find out if I bet for them or against them, yeah. and they do the opposite right. every you seem single to be betting week for them so much. That's why they're two and ten every single week. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the Falcons are. Their, their coach has got to be fired, Dan Quinn. Um, they've just been on a steady decline since that Super Bowl, since actually since the second half of the Super Bowl that they made against the Patriots because the first half was like almost a perfect game. And then, of course, they historically collapsed and lost to New England, and they've just been on a steady decline since. And, I mean, the talent offensively that they have, they still have Matt Ryan, who was league MVP that year. They still have Julio Jones. Like, they, they're just a they're just, they're just a dumpster fire. So there's going to be some wholesale changes there. Saints go to 10-2. and two. They're clearly the class of the NFC, or you know, in the class of the NFC. Uh, the fact that they were able to tread water 
with Teddy Bridgewater while Breeze was hurt just shows you how good this team is. Um, they're going to be there at the end of the year competing with the Packers and the Seahawks and the Niners for the NFC Championship. Man, I, the NFC stacked. I need to see them versus the Niners. That's the game I really want to see. Yeah, that, the, that NFC stacked, huh? It certainly is. That Niners defense, ferocious. Yeah, but then they, they do some nice things on the offensive side as well. I yeah, mean, they, they can run the ball. Shanahan is he's a good coach. I think a lot of that's in part to him. I mean, my thoughts. You're not a big fan of Jimmy Grapps, are you? No, I do like Jimmy Grapps. Oh, Michigan scored a touchdown, 14 13. I, I do I do like Jimmy Grapps. I think he's I think he's a talented player. I th- he doesn't he doesn't, you know, light up the stat sheet, but I guess you don't the job, need though. to. No. I mean, if you can run the ball and play defense, right? And not make mistakes. I like that team a lot. I mean, I actually thought that they were going to I thought they were going to lose to the Packers, but they they proved that they're They legit. beat the crap out of the Packers. Yeah, big time. Big time. So that was a that was a big win for them and a big bounce back game after they lost their first game to the Seahawks. So, it's nice when you see a team it's nice when you see a team who you think has played sort of a weaker schedule go up into two tough games and they played the Seahawks tight the whole way, right? Division rivals end up losing that game late, I believe in overtime, and then they come back the next week against a, a division foe or uh, sorry, a conference foe who's at the top of the list and they end up spanking the Packers. So And staying in, staying within that division, the Rams. Oh my god. Oh man. What a dude. fall from grace, huh? Right? I don't know what they still have all the talent there, right? I mean, what all, are they missing? Listen, they haven't lost a single player on offense, or what am I missing? I was I was holding out on McVay, basically holding back on Gurley till the end of the season. That was my thought. It's like, okay, he's going to hold back on using Gurley till the end of the season. Load management, load management. Yeah. Like, honestly, because you saw it, <laughs> because you saw it last year when when you know he was down at the end of the season, he, he was just like late. completely gassed. Yes, so I thought. Late. McVay being as smart a coach he is, okay, this is what his strategy is. He's mm-hmm. not going to play them, and he, they're not going to blow teams out the way that they did at the beginning of last year. Right. And, and then at the end of the year, they're going to implement him more and, and more. And he'll be there, and he'll be fresh. Totally wrong. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just not good. No. I mean, I, I still think Goff stinks. I think his one year was an aberration. And I think from the rumors that we've heard about McVay reading defenses for him and all up and down the line, I just think he's just – Overrated, but the talent, man. The I mean, talent look at the, look, on both dude, sides of the ball. It's, is crazy. it's all there. And see, the problem with that team for me is most some teams can extend their window right of chance for success, but they're in a division with the Niners who aren't going anywhere. With Seattle, who's always good, right? As long as Seattle has Russell Wilson, they're always going to be good. And now they paid all these guys to come in because. They sort of they built organically, but they also paid a bunch of guys to come in to St. Louis, or right. I'm about to say St. Louis to L.A., and they can't keep doing that, right? You can't sustain those contracts forever. So once those guys start to hit free agency now, or the guys that you homegrown come up for a contract, you're done. Like that team's going to dis- dissolve, and they're going to be done. So yeah, I think they already missed their window, and they're going to be in in bad shape, almost like the Bears. I don't necessarily think it's that bad. Because I like golf, a lot. I do like golf a lot more than I like Trubisky as a court. I mean, I think he could yes. still make throws. I don't see Trubisky making the throws that golf makes, but he looks awful. He looks awful, but you're right. I mean, Trubisky to me, Trubisky has never an NFL arm. I like. I think he's done. I think he's completely out of the league. The guy, the guy can't make 15 yard outs. Like he just, he's not an NFL. I, I just think I think their window is much bigger than the, than the Bears. Yeah, with the, the talent that they have on literally both sides of the ball, they have like the top players from you know. Yeah. I mean, if you look at your fantasy board, I got criticized for taking like 
I think in the fifth round of my draft, I think I took Alshon Jeffrey over like the Rams, like third receiver and got criticized because that, you know, they're supposed to be such juggernauts and yeah. uh, well, they end up working not panning out, out. not panning out. All right. So real quick before we get out of here, we want to touch on some college football, obviously the college football season winding down here. Um, not a ton of excitement uh, as we've seen for the college football playoff push uh, as in past years, uh, as we alluded to at the beginning right now, Nick and I have got the Ohio state Michigan game on right here. Ohio State's nine to ten point favorites, depending on where you got it at. Uh, they're up right now, 14-13. So this is a game where I can see Ohio State winning but not covering. I don't know how you feel about it, Nick. They I, should blow them out. Nick, actually, it's funny. Nick and I talk I about would, this. I bet Ohio State every week. And, yeah, and it doesn't the matter the what the spread they don't is. Cover, right? No, it doesn't matter what the spread is. They're, they're, they crush. So I would think, have, I would have definitely taken. You would have taken today. Yeah, it was at nine. Nine, nine and a half. I would like have, that. And I, I, I would take them now at nine. At nine, it's fourteen, thirteen. I don't care. You think they still cover? Absolutely. I think they win, but they may not cover. Um, what time is it? They're famous for that. It's twelve fifty-four. It's about to be the end of the first quarter. No, I would take them. Yeah, because I'm a cl- closet Ohio State guy. Yeah, you are a closet. You're actually not that much in the. Closet not anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're out now. We, you're, you're just Ohio State. But I love, I love this because I do. I like LSU and I like Ohio State. <laughs> I'm always. Last year, I fought for LSU yes, so much because of because I'm like a big schedule guy, and their schedule is consistently more difficult than everybody else's. Yes, them and Auburn always have the toughest schedule. Be- I mean, obviously because of where they play, but yep, I just give them more the benefit of the doubt. Both of those teams. We talked about it earlier this year on a podcast. LSU's murders row schedule, and they came out of it just I mean because un- unbelievable because Joe Burrow he doesn't care about anything. He's just the, the he's as cool cool, cool as Joe cucumber. cool Joe. Joe yep cool Joe. So no, he literally doesn't care though. Uh, it's great. The guy's amazing, and he's cocky, and he he's got the swag, and he's probably going to win the Heisman. I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's safe a, bet at yep. this point mm-hmm. with Tua being out, especially. Uh, yeah, especially with Tua being out. Man, so, what does that do for? What does that do? Are we, we going to get into that? Yeah, we are going to get into that. So we were talking about that. So real quick, before we get into Tua, just because Bam is here. So your top four right now: Ohio State's one, LSU's two, Clemson's three. Let's talk about Clemson real quick. Clemson is up right now on South Carolina, 14-0. Clemson's going to go through their season. The ACC is dog crap. They're going to go through their season not having played a top 25 team. But is it their fault, right? I mean, they're going to go undefeated, and you can't – like, you have to include them, right? They're going to go undefeated, and they're in the ACC. What else do you want from them? Well, this year in particular, it's not their fault. I right. Mean, because I mean, what, when you come out of it and you're the, the national champ, you, you're going to be given the benefit of the doubt. Right. And you, if you go through a season and you just blow teams out, you're going to be put in that top four. That's all you need. That's all you need. I mean, they're playing. You don't need to be ranked number one going in. You no. need to be in the top four. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're going to be undefeated. They beat every team. They play in the ACC still, which is still a power five, and it's better than the Pac-12. So uh, what are you going to do? You know, I mean. Uh, now, if you're a team, if you're a team that's, that's typically on that, in the in that second um, group of four, within you know from four to eight, five to eight, yeah. Now you need to now you need to boost your schedule up to 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 get in. A hundred percent. Well, so the argument here becomes right because Georgia's four and Bama's five. The argument would be now two is not healthy, so it's probably not going to happen. But if Bama at one loss was able to finish their season up, but the, I don't think they had the strength of schedule to jump in anyway. No. So and, and don't think for one second that 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 committee doesn't look at. Who's in? Who's in. like? If Bama runs the table, and they ha- they don't they don't have Tua playing, the the committee's not going to want to put no Bama they don't in. right exactly like they, like they would have last year exactly and they're not going to get in the SEC championship game so that's going to hurt them too they're, now oddly enough I do remember I think it was two years ago that Bama ended up getting back into the top four yep. not playing in the SEC yep. championship game but I think it was a different scenario then 
Um, and I, I just don't see it happening. Honestly, I don't see the top four changing. I, I don't know how it would. Realistically. You need something very drastic. Yeah, I mean, if Ohio State loses here, I still don't think they fall out of the top four. Frankly, I don't know if they fall out of the top two. So, I, because no matter what, Ohio State's going to play for the Big Ten championship. So, as long as they don't lose, as long as they don't lose that, right? As long as they don't lose two games in a row, they're going to be in. Clemson's not going anywhere. I mean, they're already they're not going to lose. Yeah. So th- this nah, is don't say too. I don't. I, if they lose this game, that's a big deal. If Ohio State loses, yeah, game. yeah, yeah. But then they're still in the Big Ten championship against I think Minnesota or Does, Iowa. Do, doesn't so, matter. Well, that they'd that have to does, lose both. That's going to depend on today, right? Right. I mean, because Minnesota's playing Wisconsin. Minnesota's playing Wisconsin. Huge game. Right. It, but they're not. They have to lose this game and a game to the other side. I don't necessarily agree anybody with that, that plays Western Carolina shouldn't get it. Listen, they all play. They all play powder puff. Dude, I totally Marcus. get that. On, I don't man. know. I don't know who he's talking about, but it's probably Alabama. He's they always have Alabama. Yeah, they have a cupcake schedule all the time. Yeah, but they still play in the SEC. I mean, here's the thing. I know. For me, but so does so does LSU. Yeah, I I agree. And LSU had so does Auburn. This was LSU's year where they played the murderers row, and they and finally they finally and broke they finally through. broke through it. But Bama plays. I mean, Bama typically plays a really tough schedule, also intra conference. And remember, we talked about this on the on the podcast two years ago. They scheduled the first game of the season against number two Florida State when they were number one. Yeah, but, and it but, ended but up that, it ended up falling apart because Florida they killed State their sucked. But the, yeah, and they killed their quarterback, and then that killed their season. So you you can't look at rankings preseason. Well, you, of course you can because they still scheduled the game. So, but if you're uh, Nick Saban, you think he I, knew I that Florida State would be garbage? Like they, they were number two. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> but he still he still scheduled the game, right? Like they were number two. And, you know, they ended up killing them. And then Florida State went 6-6 six and because six their quarterback got knocked out. So it hurt Bama's yeah, strength but when schedule. Yeah, but when you're in the situation that they are now, you need those brownie points. Well, you, yeah, you now they them. do because they lost. You need them. When, once you, see, the, the, the key is, and this is a whole what we were talking about with Clemson, the key is really if you lose, you need those scheduled brownie points. But if you go undefeated, it doesn't matter. If you're in a big conference, if you're in a Big Ten, if you're in ACC, if you're in a Pac-12 even, and you go undefeated, you're going to have a seat at the table. You're going to be there because your intra-conference schedule well, is going to be enough. I mean, Clemson was on the outside looking in just a few weeks ago. Right, I mean, but, so and then everything shaped up and they're fine. Yeah, so they got some help, but you know, it, it's it it's funny if Alabama won that game, you know, where would where would Clemson fall? I if Alabama won that game, it would just basically flip flop LSU and Alabama. Probably, yeah, probably. I think LSU would be at five. And actually, I actually think LSU would probably be at four. I think that would bump Georgia out. Well, Clemson, other than that North Carolina game, has anything been close? No, I mean nothing. Their, their, their schedule has been. I mean, they've just blown everybody out. And they could North Carolina could have won that game. Yeah, they could have. But I, the, yeah, I, I would think if Bama would have won that game, it would be OSU, Bama, Clemson. And I think LSU would hang at four strictly because of how tough their schedule was and the, the games that they won. That's what I think. I don't see a whole lot changing. No, nah. the UGA thing. They're blowing out, I think, uh, now, like who, Georgia Tech right now. Now, who are they going to play in the championship? They're going to have to play. We have to look at the divisions. Is it going to be LSU? Should be, right? Yeah. They're not on the same side. Yeah. So it's going to be LSU's going to have to play Georgia. But even if they lose, are they going to get bumped out of the top four? I don't think so. I don't know. I doubt it. I wish we could just do an SEC tour. Hey, we, I mean, we'd be better off. We have to put Ohio State in there, though. Or open up the tournament to 16 oh, teams. Here we go. Here we go. Why don't we do that? What 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 a, what a thought! What a thought! Never 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 have we thought about. All that right. Before. So while we're here, while we're here, and we did touch on Bama, right? What yep. does this do for Tua? Now that he has yeah. to always, he's always hurt. He has to have his 
ankle screwed back in place multiple times per season. Now he's got the the major major hip issue. Like that was kind of scary, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. All I don't right. even I don't even know like the details of it, but for him to have to get carted off and get like almost like emergency surgery. I mean, do do you think his career's over basically is what you're asking, right? No, well, I mean you're looking at before the season, this guy was a lock number one pick, the number one overall pick, right? Probably. Tank yeah. for two. Top 10, yep. And now what happens? He probably goes in the second round. You think so? Yeah. So it, he's actually, I mean, it's, he's going to end up in a much better situation. Probably. Yeah. He and probably goes in the second round to a good somebody's team. Somebody's going to get a nice value pick. All right. So Marcus, here, two, two things from Marcus before we go too much on Tua. So first, he says Big Ten yeah, overall 16, is catching dude. SEC. I don't agree with that, Marcus. I, I'll be honest what? with you. What's that? That the Big Ten is catching the SEC. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think the Big Ten, like Ohio State, has always been able to play with the big boys in the SEC. But we do this every year. Oh, there's a big game for Ohio State. I think that when you look at Penn State and Michigan State, like if if Penn State had to play Georgia, like I think Georgia blows their doors off, right? Or if Penn State had to play Bama with Tua. Like, look at what's going to happen there. So if you compare the second and third best teams in each conference, at, at the top, yes. But And I don't even go down lower. Like, take Minnesota. But when you say at the top, you mean one team. Well, one team, That, but that's it. That's what the Big Ten has. Because if you start going down two, three, four, five, if you took, like, Minnesota, the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten, and they had to play, I don't know, Ole Miss, or the fourth or fifth best team in SEC, they're going to get killed. And so... I think that the Big Ten is clearly the second-best conference, but I still think it's SEC here, and then everybody else is down here. It's SEC with Ohio State, and then the rest of the Big Ten. It's just a much different style. And I mean, Clemson is still – Clemson, I don't care if they didn't play anybody. Until Clemson gets beat as the national champs with Trevor Lawrence, scoring all these points, until Clemson gets beat, they're still up there with me too. But the ACC is just direct, just like you know we, we've talked about. So No, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't necessarily – uh, you know, I don't agree, Marcus. I think it's just Ohio State, and then there's the second tier. Yeah, me too. So and he says, all right, so but I do agree with 16. Marcus agrees with 16. We've had this conversation, and we're going to do it. Of course, we do it every year. We've done it for the last two, and we're going to do it again this year. Once we get down to the final selection, and we look at te- all four teams in, we'll look at the next eight out. And unfortunately for me, I don't get to argue UCF this year. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> But I've always been a proponent of expansion, but I'm not a proponent of 16. And I can argue eight with you. And I've even left it that I could maybe argue 12. Any given Saturday, bro. But 16 is too much. But but we're going to digress if we go too deep into 16 because we have it every year. Once the college football season is officially set, we will go back and we'll do the great debate on how many teams should we have in the playoffs. And that'll be that's always a great podcast when we do that because what we're going to do is we're going to end up taking your final rankings, right? And look at your, what if it was eight? What if it was 12? What if it was 16? And then we'll, we'll take a look at who's in there, yes. how many from each conference, right? So that, that's a fun podcast. So a uh, good segue by Nick. Make sure you guys always hop in. If you want to join us live on those, we'll be live on Facebook. And of course, make sure you check us out on YouTube and the iTunes podcast application. As we finish up here, we'll jump right back to Tua. I think, I think Tua becomes a mid-second round pick now. Do you think he goes late, higher than late, that or lower? Late first. You think he's late first? He is going to get picked up by the Patriots to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady, and they're going to have 20 more years of great luck. It's not a – That's what's going to happen. It's not a it's, bad 
it's gonna happen. Yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna go at thirty-one. Yeah. To the Pats or thirty-two, 32 if they win the Super the Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually you're actually not that. That could be not that far off. Well, all right. So Marcus says you're okay with twelve. Eight's dumb. Why is eight dumb? Why do you think eight's dumb? I don't think it's dumb. I just think open it up. I mean, cut off the cupcakes. You're already if you go cut off the cupcake schedule and just you know cut off two games of your schedule and play. So if you go, but if you go twelve, a tournament. We're gonna we're, we we could literally could do two hours on this. If you go yeah. twelve, you're already now gonna have to play. Well, the teams that finish four to twelve are gonna have to play two extra games. So what? I mean, I'm cool with it. Take take Western Carolina. Or Minnesota beats office. Ole Miss by three TDs. You're you're crazy, bro. You're drinking that Big Ten Kool Aid, Marcus. That ain't gonna happen. Minnesota gets spanked by Ole Miss. Trust I me. I don't think that's true. Neutral field. I like Minnesota. They get they get destroyed. Row the boat. Row the boat. That's it, everybody. Hey, thanks everybody for hopping on. We are going to get back into a weekly cadence. As I said, make sure you check us out on all of our platforms, YouTube and the iTunes podcast. I'm watching The Irishman tonight. Are you? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I'm going to check it out tonight. Nice. Nice. Chinese takeout and The Irishman tonight. Look at you go. It's already set. On Netflix. I'll let you know how it is next week. I like it. I like it. That's it, everybody. We're going to shut it down. We will catch you all next week. Peace. See ya.